Welcome to Choir Talks. So glad to have you listening with us today. Um, this week I was reading through the Gospel of John. Some of my friends and I are reading through that together just as a part of a discussion group. And um, I came to this morning, actually, to my favorite passage out of John. It's John chapter 15. And so I just thought we'd talk about that some today and, and um, see what we see in that together. John, to put it in context, John chapter 14 is Jesus and his disciples up in the upper room having um, the Last Supper together. And at the end of John chapter 14, um, Jesus says, come now, let's leave. And then John chapter 15 starts with Jesus teaching them through using a, an illustration about, uh, about a grapevine. And um, so we don't know the location of, of this uh, teaching time, but um, it would be easy to imagine that they are in the upper room in Jerusalem or somewhere right outside of Jerusalem, and now they're coming off of that hill through the valley and back up to the Mount of Olives where he's going to spend the rest of the night. And on the way, as he walks through that fertile valley, maybe they walk through a vineyard together. It would be so like Jesus to use the what is at hand and the surroundings as a teaching moment. Uh, he did that several times in the scripture. So um, maybe they are walking through a vineyard and maybe they are um, touching the, the leaves of the, the grapevines as they walk through and maybe he stops at one and he says this. Uh, here's what he says. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Um, it's just a great illustration. I'm just kind of picturing that vine as Jesus maybe is, is pausing there over it. Um, and uh, up until this point, so think about the context of where they are. Jesus knows he's about to be crucified, and not many days after that, he is going to ascend back to heaven, and these disciples are going to be left without him. Uh, to go and spread the gospel throughout the world. So I feel like Jesus is using his last moments just to pour into them and to lay groundwork um, for what is to come. Up until this point, they've had his physical presence um, as he taught them. They, could, they learned because they heard his, his actual words. Uh, they observed his, his life. They observed how he treated people and, and um, heard his thoughts and um, understood some of what his, his motive and agenda was. Um, but there was coming a time when his physical presence wasn't going to be there. They were going to have to learn a new way of, of learning from him, a new way of relating with him. And so he gives them this illustration to understand what that relationship might look like. And so that's why it's important to you and me. We don't have the physical presence of Jesus either, and yet we are trying to be his disciples and walk and learn from him. And so he paints this picture through this, this uh, vineyard of what, it, what it's going to look like, what it should look like. Um, Jesus didn't give them a list of things to do to be better disciples or to grow in him. What he did was paint a picture of a relationship 
of how that relationship was going to be with between he and them uh, and, um, and the father and them through him. So the vine illustrates that relationship. Let's just break it down real quick. Um, he's, Jesus says, I am the vine. So in this picture, you've got this, this vine growing out of the ground and branches coming off of it. And he says, you are all of us. We are the branches. And then the third person in this illustration is the vine keeper, the, the gardener. And he says, that is God the Father. Um, so if you get those, that picture in mind, those, those three relationships, um, here's what he says. There are going to be two main um, key words here, two main key thoughts, and that is remain and fruit. Um, he's going to talk about fruit right off the, the bat here. Um, and the fruit is never defined exactly what that fruit is specifically. He just calls it fruit, a generic general term. Um, some think that maybe the fruit is that who we're becoming, our, our character. Um, sort of like Galatians 5 says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and so on and so forth. Uh, some people think that it is, the fruit is good works, um, like Matthew chapter 5 where, where Jesus says, um, you, uh, let your light so shine before men so that they will see your good works and give glor glory to the Father. Um, some others think that the fruit is uh, new believers, new converts that are, that are going to be brought into relationship with the Father through these, these disciples. And that would make sense too. Luke chapter 8, Jesus tells a parable about a sower who sows seeds. Really similar idea here. And the, and the seeds sprout up. The, the seeds are the gospel and they sprout up in the hearts of, of people who become converts. Um, so... Even though he's not specific about the fruit, I think all of those ideas are probably valid. And maybe fruit that he's talking about uh, includes all three of those different things. Um, a couple of things that we do know from this text about the fruit is, first of all, that the fruit is, is God's plan for us. It was, it was Christ's purpose in choosing us. Here's, here's a verse that I didn't read, but a little farther than that passage. Verse 16 says this, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you would go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so it is it was Christ's purpose in choosing us that we would be fruitful. Um, another thing I see in here is that that fruit is it's just the natural byproduct of the branch remaining in the vine it's it's a it's the natural occurrence that that branch, as long as it's connected to the vine and is getting healthy flow from the vine uh, up into its leaves, there's, it's going to produce uh, fruit. And so um, it's, it's just what naturally happens with, with vines, right? Um, and so uh, here's the idea that I get from that is there's a difference between fruit and results. They may kind of seem the same. You may think, well, we're getting results out of this, but the difference is results are something that you uh, maybe plan for and you uh, make a to-do list for and you set goals and you s set out to achieve through hard work uh, and results and see results happen. But that's not the way fruit comes. Fruit happens on that branch um, through relationships. It just happens because it abides. And only a living organism can produce fruit. So how does that influence the way that you see fruit in your life? Um, I'm hearing that word abide or remain 
I keep saying abide, I think, because in the King James, when I learned this, cha this chapter, they use the word abide. Abide, remain. Both of those verbs are similar. They work. I'm surprised at how passive that verb is. Notice that. It's not a, we go out and do stuff. It is we learn to be in the Father, be connected to the Father through Jesus Christ. And as that connection is valid and vibrant, so will be the fruit in our lives. Um, here's another thing about fruit. Um, the fruit is not for us. Um, verse 8, going a little farther here, says this. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Um, so it's not for us. He says it's for the Father's glory. That fruit appears in your life to give glory back to the Father. It's not um, you know, so that you can have your best life now. Um, that fruit is for God's glory. Think about it this way. The, the branch doesn't eat its own fruit. Other people do. That verse it says at the end, it says by this... Um, this will show yourselves to be my disciples. So another thing about fruit is that it helps identify us as having a relationship with Jesus. Uh, I think when, when people see that fruit in our lives, there'll be a supernatural character about it that will make it obvious that we are his disciples, that we belong to him. Let's talk about the other word. The other word, abide or remain, um, is, uh, is a very important word so that we are connected, that branch is connected to the vine. In fact, I want you to think about what that looks like. Just picture that in your mind. You have this branch growing up, this vine growing up, and the branch connects and flows out of that and then leaves on the other end and ultimately fruit. That point of connection where the, the branch touches the, the vine, that's the abiding point. It's, it's the place where the uh, branch receives that sap, I guess, or that, that life force, um, that nutrients that, that end up in producing the fruit on the other end of the branch. That, that point of connection is where abide happens. So the same thing is, is for us. Um, when we are abiding in Christ, it's, it's making that connection, having that, that point where we are, we are together with him in the spirit that allows him to produce fruit in our lives. Hey, listen to verse 5 here again. He says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. A little emphasis on the will there, but I want you to understand that, that fruit will happen. According to this um, passage from Jesus, it's a, it's a promise. It, it is going to happen. It's not maybe happening, but if you are connected with him, there, there will be fruit in your life. You will bear much fruit, it says. Um, all right, so we haven't talked about the gardener here, but notice that, that the father as the gardener is responsible for the branch bearing fruit. It's not the responsibility of the branch. It's not the effort of the branch that creates more fruit. It is the, it is the work of the father, the oversight of the gardener that determines um, that there will be much fruit um, that, that the branch brings about. How does that come about? Well, there, there's a couple of words here. Um, says in verse 2 that he cuts off every branch that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. Um, so pruning, uh, I, I know nothing about gardening. It's not my thing, but I do understand a little bit. Pruning is cutting off the excess uh, leaves, the excess growth off of the branches so that they will pour their growth force 
into producing fruit. It is getting rid of the excess so that the fruit uh, will be magnified. Uh, that the Father does that in, in our lives. He cuts out the excess, the extraneous stuff in our lives that doesn't matter for the kingdom. Sometimes that cutting out in our lives can be painful. If you imagine being that branch and the gardener coming along and cutting part of you, you can imagine that that would be painful. And so pruning may be a painful process in our lives, but it yields good fruit. And uh, so when we trust the Father through painful pruning, uh, the other end of it is that we are more useful, that He is more glorified through the supernatural things that He does in our lives. Um, let's talk about the, the word clean. He says in the next verse, you are already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Uh, by the way, I think it's awesome to understand that, that it's the word that cleanses us. That word that Jesus speaks uh, makes us clean. Um, but that word clean and the word prune are the same or almost the same word in the original language. They're both related. There's, a, there's, um, there's an aspect of pruning that the gardener does, but there's also an aspect of cleaning because um, the vine uh, branches by themselves tend to grow down into the dirt. That's why we put those branches up on a trellis. That's why if you have a vine, you grow it on a trellis and attach it to a trellis. Otherwise, the branches will grow down in the dirt and what happens there is that they will uh, they will be surrounded by moisture and they'll rot and um, not be fruitful and so the vine dresser the gardener comes along and he cleans off those branches and he ties them up on a trellis so they can get air underneath them to dry them out so that they can get sunlight and ultimately so that they can bear fruit and so uh, that's what happens in our lives um, we, by nature, by bent, we grow towards the ground. We grow towards the dirt. And the analogy that seems to me to make sense about it is that we, we have a natural bent in the flesh uh, to sin, to go back to the old life, that, that dead man that walks around within us, the old sinful fleshly person uh, that, that reaches for sin. Um, and so when sin comes in our lives, man, we're not going to be fruitful. Uh, we're not going to show forth the glory of God. And so he cleans us. Uh, he lifts us up and he, he cleans off that old dirt, the stuff that is going to make our uh, parts of our life rot. And he ties it up and so that we'll be uh, useful and fruitful again. Um, and then it's important to hear this about abiding. Um, in verse 4 he says, um, if uh, apart from me uh, you can do nothing. And we got to abide in Christ because apart from him, you can do nothing. You can imagine a branch if it is plucked off and just set off on the ground. Um, it's never going to bear fruit. It's never going to do what it naturally should do, what it was created to do. Um, so apart from that connection point with the vine, it does nothing. Uh, it just reminds me that in all of the things that I would want to do for the Lord, nothing uh, of eternal significance will happen unless I'm connected to that power source, connected to Jesus Christ. So here's some questions that we're going to ask ourselves about this scripture. What does this mean to me? I don't know. Uh, here's some questions that I think you should ask. What I asked myself this morning is, am I bearing fruit? Am I bearing fruit? Am I connected to that, that vine? Because if I am, I should be bearing fruit. 
um, how am I abiding in Jesus? What, what does that look like in my life? How can I make sure that I'm still connected with him? Am I being pruned? Um, that might be a question you need to ask. Is there excess in your life that is taking the place and obscuring uh, the main thing, uh, which is your relationship with the Father? Do you need to be pruned? Am I clean? Is there something in my life that is causing my life to rot instead of produce fruit for the Father? And, and is there sin in my life? Is there dirt in my life? Am I being cleaned right now by the Father? If that's true of you, it, it's just a prayer away that you can receive God's uh, forgiveness. First John 1 John 1.9 says that God is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all, make us clean when we confess to him. So that's John chapter 15, the first five verses. It's a great passage. I hope the Lord speaks to you through that. I encourage you to read it again on your own. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for anybody out here, there who is listening uh, to this today and has, has heard your word and has, has heard these thoughts from, from you, Father. God, I pray that, um, that those friends would uh, walk deeper in your spirit, Father, that they would stay connected with you in a real way that, that makes a real difference in their lives. Father, make them fruitful. Let, let your power flow through their lives. Let them uh, do and see the supernatural happen in their life because of the connection with you, Father. And Lord, I ask that in Jesus' name. All right, we'd love to have you here at Ridgecrest, 1030 Sunday morning, or uh, meet us online, if you will, at the YouTube uh, channel for Ridgecrest Baptist Church or on the Ridgecrest Baptist Church Facebook uh, page. Love to have you or join us here in the building, 1030 Sunday morning. Have a great day.